Please bow with me in prayer. Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. blessing to have all of you here on this beautiful Easter morning, especially fighting the traffic of uh, Heritage and probably some of the other churches on uh, Pope Avenue. Uh, And for those of you that are visiting, uh, thank you for coming here this morning. And I want to just tell you that we've been doing a series through the season of Lent on the questions that Jesus asked. And we don't typically think of Jesus as asking questions, because what we think about is Jesus providing answers, and Jesus teaching, and Jesus modeling by his life. But when you really peruse the gospel readings, what you begin to realize is that Jesus asked quite a number of questions, in fact, over a hundred questions. And he asked those questions because, first of all, a good teacher does ask questions, and secondly, it's because questions... In particular, the questions Jesus asks gets us to probe our own thoughts and our own hearts and our own motives and our own faith and belief. Why do we really do what we do? Why do we believe what we believe? He asked them of his disciples. He asked them of his seekers. He asked them even of his detractors and those who would attack him just to get them to look at their lives and look at their beliefs. And last week we talked about the last question Jesus asked before he died, before he was arrested and went through his suffering and he died. And the question was in the context of when he and his apostles went to the Garden of Gethsemane and he in particular chose out Peter, James, and John and said to them, I want you to pray with me. And three times he found them sleeping. During those final hours when he wanted support, he was seeking someone to be alongside him, and he asked them to stay awake and support him and pray. And finally he asked them, could you not stay awake with me and pray for one hour? And that's the last question he asked before he died. To his three closest friends. To get them to look at themselves in their hearts. And to think about what was the focus of their lives. And then we have the resurrection. This is Easter Sunday. And that's the focus. And what we have before us this morning is the first question he asked after his resurrection. And he asks it of someone else who's very, very close to him. Mary Magdalene, someone who was devoted to him, someone that loved him and he loved dearly. Someone that in Mark's gospel, chapter 16, we're told that he delivered from seven demons. In other words, she was tormented, and we're not sure whether it was physical or 
mental or emotional. But we know that she was surrounded by evil and in tremendous pain. And in the process, what happens is he delivers her and she becomes devoted to him. So much so that she was one that was there at the cross when he died. She was willing to say, I'm his disciple. I don't care what you do to me. I'm going to be there. She probably followed him around as one of his disciples constantly. Saw what he did. Heard his teaching. Probably heard him say, I'm going to die and in three days I'll rise again. But she was there. She was the first one, one of the first ones at the tomb. She was so devoted to him. And it's a question she not only hears from the lips of Jesus, she actually hears the same question twice. Because the angel asks her the same question. Why are you weeping? Why are you crying? To get her to think about what's going on in her. Why is she really weeping? Because what did she come upon? She came upon an empty tomb. So why would she be crying? Now, first of all, it is appropriate at times to cry. We all know that, right? Jesus wept twice that we're told. Think about the two times that he wept. When he was coming up to Jerusalem, he paused and he looked over Jerusalem. And we are told he wept over Jerusalem. And he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. He longed for Jerusalem, who, quote unquote, killed the prophets. Now, this is God's own people. It's the place where the temple is. It's the place that represents God's presence with his people and God's people. And they would not follow him. In fact, they went so far as to not only not listen to him, but kill the prophets. So Jesus wept over people who would not follow him, people who were lost, people who rejected him, that he loved dearly. So that's one reason that Jesus weeps. The second time is when Lazarus died. His friend Lazarus, who he allows to die. That when he shows up, Martha and Mary are questioning, why did you allow our brother to die? And because he sees their pain and the pain of others around, he is touched deep in his heart because they don't understand what he's about to do. And so because of their pain and their misunderstanding, he weeps. So what we see in Jesus is he weeps because of lost people. He weeps because of people in pain and people who don't understand who he is and what he's about. Because he knew what he was going to do for Lazarus. He wanted them to see so that they would trust him as the resurrection. But they didn't understand. 
Everybody here has cried. But not everybody here always understands why they cry. Right? Did you ever do that? I don't know why I'm crying. Did you ever do that? Especially as a kid. You know, sometimes, sometimes I'm caught off guard when I watch a Hallmark commercial or a Publix commercial. Confession. You know, I'm watching those and all of a sudden it's like, I don't even know those people. And it catches me off guard. Sometimes I'm watching a movie and I get a little teary-eyed. Meredith and I, two or three weeks ago, we heard about this movie. It's not really all that well-known. It's called My All-American. I don't know how many of you have seen it. It's a great movie, by the way. (coughs) It's G-rated. Whoa. And it's really, really great. I commend it to you. But I found myself toward the end of the movie getting really teary-eyed. And you can understand it if you see the movie. But there's one movie I saw years ago when it first came out. And I saw the movie, and towards the end of the movie, all of a sudden, I'm not talking teary-eyed. I'm talking about I start crying. And Meredith looks at me and she says, what's going on? And I said to her, I have no idea. I really didn't. I had no idea what was going on. It was one of those, I watched it, watched it again, and I still had no idea. But the same thing happened at the same point. Let me tell you the movie and what happened. I was watching Field of Dreams. That's what I sounded like. I was watching Field of Dreams. And right at the point where Kevin Costner says to his dad, do you want to have a catch? I just fell apart. And I had to search what was going on inside me. Why did I experience that? And I had to think back on my childhood. When I was about seven years old, plus or minus, I don't remember exactly the age, I was not the best athlete in the world. You need to understand. I know it's hard to believe now looking at me. (laughs) But I was a little plump. I had bad eyes. When we used to, you know, pick up teams for playing ball, I was inevitably one of the last two chosen, sometimes the last one chosen. And my dad, who was working all day and going to night school to get his engineering degree, did that for 10 years, took us out to Langley Field. It's a big field. He used to walk there when he was in high school to play ball. I didn't know that at the time. And he took us out, and he tried to teach me how to throw and catch and bat. I was awful. He quit. <laughs> he gave up on me. And that's why that movie hit me. Dad, do you want to have a catch?
Now, I figured it out years later. He didn't have the time. He didn't have the patience. Not at that stage in his life. I understood. Up here. But I had never processed that. So a few years later, I said, Dad, did you ever play ball? Because he'd never told me. He said, oh, yeah, I played high school ball. And when I got out of the service, I played city league ball. I'm thinking, what? It's amazing. I understood it up here, but I had to process it in here. And years later, when we were going through his stuff, I found his old mitt. I couldn't even, how do they catch with these things? I can't even figure that out. We don't always understand our emotions. And why we're crying. And sometimes we have to look inside and say, what's going on? And that's why Mary Magdalene was asked the question, why are you crying? Jesus wanted her to look inside. Say, what's going on? Because... Really, Jesus wanted her to see that on the one hand, you're thinking this is about death. And death is evil. There's no question. Death is evil. Because it came into the world because of sin. And that's why Jesus went to the cross, is because of our sin. He took upon himself the sin of the world. Paul writes about it in 1 Corinthians 15, which is known as the resurrection chapter. When this perishable body puts on imperishability, and this mortal body puts on immortality, then the saying that is written will be fulfilled. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the cross. And that's why the resurrection, which Jesus had promised. And Mary Magdalene couldn't get beyond the death because she saw him die. When people say, you know, this whole thing about Jesus dying, that's really not true. That's what people sometimes challenge. He couldn't have really died and rose again. That's why you have all these theories out there in the world. Mary Magdalene saw him die. That's why she was grieving. She saw the blood and the water pour out from his side. She knew he had died. And there's no way that Jesus in the state that he was in, with the 39 lashes and the nails... And the peer's side that he could have rolled the stone away. The guards would never have let him out because it meant their death. And the apostles, they were still 
fearful in the upper room. They weren't going to release him. Jesus had died. That's why she says, who stole the body? There's only one explanation. It's the one that he promised. And she couldn't get beyond it. It's like all the apostles. They said they believed, but they really didn't fully. They said they trusted, but they didn't really fully. See the question underneath the question. And Jesus tried to prompt her. Why are you crying? Why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? Seek and you will find. Who are you looking for? He's trying to say, think about the one that you're looking for. The one who's the resurrection and the life. The one who delivered you from the demons. The one who has the power to heal and transform and bring life. The one who said, after three days I will rise again. Who are you looking for? Something started working on her heart. Something started moving in her. She was searching. The evidence was starting to mount. And maybe that question, those questions just started the ball rolling. And then one word, a familiar word, a word he had said to her before. The dearest word to all of our ears, our name, he said, Mary. Gentle, lovingly. Mary. He called her name. She knew. At that moment, she knew. There was no question anymore. Mary. He had risen. Her immediate reaction? Reach out and grab him. She had to. She loved him. She was devoted to him. He said, this is not the time to hold on to me. This is the time to tell. Because there's other people who are hurting who need to hear this. There's other people who need to know. That's why I came. I came for the hurting. I came for the lost. That's why I came. You'll have me. She didn't know this yet. By the power of the Holy Spirit, He would be with her always. But right now there are people out there who are lost, who are hurting, who are in pain, who need to know. That's why he weeps.
See, that's really the question of Easter. First and foremost, do you know? Do you know he went to the cross for you and he died? And he's risen. It's not a myth. There's no other explanation. None that makes sense. And that our response when we really understand is to want to take hold of him. And trust him. And trust what he says because it changes your life, which is what his desire is. But it's not just for you. It's for people that are lost and it's for people that are hurting. That like Mary, we become devoted to him. Our life is given over to him. But it's not just for yourself. It's for others. See, weeping is not just meant to be about us. We are not to be self-consumed people. We are meant to know Him the crucified and risen Lord Jesus. And we are meant to trust Him when He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father but by me. That He came to transform us and sends the Holy Spirit to continue His work in us and through us. And that we are to testify to a world that's lost and broken and in pain. Because that's what causes him to weep. That's the power of Easter. That's the power of the cross and resurrection. That's what today is about. He calls your name. Have you heard it? Do you trust Him? Please bow with me in prayer. Lord, the world would have us believe that the story's a myth. Because if it's true, it changes everything. And when we hold this truth in our heart, it changes us. That our desire is to take hold of Jesus, to be devoted to him. To trust what he says. And what breaks his heart breaks our heart. To reach out to the lost and to seek out those in pain. Lord, I pray this day that every person here 
would hear the call of their name. Your personal, loving, gentle call and trust you. To know that you took upon yourself our sin, our brokenness, and that you defeated the power of sin and death. That we might know the power of the resurrection and the power of your Holy Spirit to be transformed, to live for you, and to reach out to others. Lord, help us to hold on to this Easter message and to testify that you are risen and that you are Lord. And we pray this in your precious name. Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen.